You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Nando DeFino in for Al Melchior. Hope you're all having a great day so far. Um, good show today, and I want to jump right into it because I got three guests. They're each uh, kind enough to give me about 15 minutes a person. Uh, Gene McCaffrey from Wise Guy Baseball, Joe Sheehan from the Joe Sheehan Newsletter and Sports Illustrated, and Craig Alexander, who uh, used to write to us back when uh, Al and I were in the CBS days, and just a smart baseball mind. So we're bringing them on to talk baseball. Let's not waste any time. Gene McCaffrey from Wise Guy Baseball. You can follow him on Twitter at WiseGuyGene. Gene, thanks so much, man. It means a lot. It's always a pleasure to be here, Nando. And he's got a landline to boot, so we got a nice, got clear a Gene. <laughs> nice, clear channel. Uh, so the Wise Guy Baseball 2018, uh, you know, I get my copy every year, and it went from the hard copy. The last couple of years has been a, a PDF. Uh, this year you brought in Patrick Davin. It's a beautiful. The design's off the charts, Gene. Yeah, I think Patrick did a fantastic job making me look good, did it in colors, and made special boxes for featured presentations instead of my usual, you know, take it to Kinko's look and uh, my usual punk style of writing. Now it looks like a professional uh, baseball publication, which it is. You've sold out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I sold out. (laughs) Sorry to bring that up. (laughs) I would only sell out for money, though, for no other reason. (laughs) Was it the, uh, the, what do you call it, the Wise Guy Annual? Is there an official name for it? Yeah, just the Wise Guy Baseball Annual, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. Like, I, I've known Gene, a little background, I've known Gene for a while. We met, I think, dude, Tau Wars is how we met. And uh, he writes the way, like, I, I write. And uh, I think it's just a very cool read. It's very smart, It's but it's very relaxed and relatable. And uh, I don't know, I tear through it. The only problem this year is I don't have it to read in the bathroom. So I'm working on that. Ah, well, you know, that's a good thing to do. That's what a lot of people do. They're going to print it out. In there and then they, yeah, they pick, you know, you know, open it up. You know, here I am at the letter P. You know, there I am at the letter B tomorrow, you know, depending on uh, what's going on in the bathroom, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I just want to jump into it. What I did, I guess, for today's show is, uh, you know, to highlight the mind of Gene. I guess I played a little wise guy roulette, and I just I opened up the PDF. I just rolled the, the, the mouse tracker thing. And landed on a player and figure we talk about him. Okay. If that's Sounds cool with good. you. Uh-huh, yeah. All right. Let's jump into it. Uh, actually, I kind of cheated a little bit, and I brought up a couple of players I wanted to talk about because I thought you had interesting takes on them. Okay. Um, you had both the, the Braves youngsters. You had Ozzie Al... Uh, I'm sorry, Ronald Acuna, you had at $18. Mm-hmm. And you have Ozzie Albies at $18. Yes. I was like, I, I find that kind of interesting. I, I, I like the comps. They're both kind of interesting, high upside rookies. Um, you know, we've kind of fallen into not fallen into a trap, but a lot of these rookies who have come up and these prospects who are high in the prospect rankings, excellent prospects, maybe not great fantasy players. These two are excellent fantasy players, and it, it's like you're taking it. You said early in you don't want to pay for all the players' stats, so your prices are mostly low balls. Eighteen dollars, eighteen dollars for both of these guys seems like a little high. Well, you know, the stolen bases give them a floor, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Okuna, I think Acuna, I think is going to be up. 
by May at the latest. I think the Braves fans are going to demand it. Uh, I think he's got too much talent to completely flop. So while an $18 bid still has upside as far as I'm concerned, and Albies, to me, has already shown that he's going to easily crack the top 10 in second base and with an outside shot at the top five. You know, he's not punchless either. He's got a little bit of power. He's got great speed. He's got a pretty good eye. He did it all at the age of 20. I mean, that's mighty impressive to me. And uh, I think that the, the reason the bid is so high is because the floor is so high, I think. Well, I love one of the things I love about reading the books in years past is when you're like, let's just say Matt, Matt Harvey, you'd be like, $9, but I won't get him. Like, as you say right, right. at the start, these prices are not projections, they're bets. Right. Absolutely. And that's, you know, uh, everybody knows what. What the price is. My job, as I see it, is to say who's going to beat the projections, who's not going to beat the projections, who's going to hit the projections on the nose. I figure that all my readers already know what the projections are, and they're ready to go a little bit, a little bit past that. Yeah, I, uh, I enjoy it uh, tremendously, obviously. Thank you. Who do you think is going to have the better season when the, when the dust settles? Is it going to be an Acuna or an Albies year? Uh, I think I would bet on Albies just because of the playing time and because of the previous experience. Um, Acuna, you know, I noticed that Acuna's going pretty high in drafts. I mean, he's going at a spot in drafts that pretty much says $18 in an auction if you if you create a parallel between them. He's just a little less of a sure thing because he hasn't done anything and because he's probably not going to start in the majors. But I think that Albies, and also Albies, I think is pretty sure to be at the top of the lineup, and that helps too. That's a pretty good lineup they have in Atlanta. All of a sudden, yeah, it's, I mean, it's those days of Freddie Freeman not having anyone to bat in they seem to be—they'll be over by the summer. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And the ballpark, the new park, is a good place to hit too. Who would you rather own of the two? Who's more of the gene player? I think Albies. Really? Um, yeah, I, I think Albies. I, uh, I, you know, I'm not. No knock on Okuna, but I think that the way he's going, you know, every year as you get closer to draft day, there's, there's like this helium, this inflation, and these guys just keep going further and further. I think that's what's happening with Okuna, and it may be by the time it's draft day that there's no profit left in him. Um, so, you know, I'll stick him where he is, and and uh, I think Albies is the more solid play for this year. All right. Uh, moving along. Uh, one of the guys you highlighted in here with a couple paragraphs is Jose uh, Barrios. I think we, we pronounce it now, not Barrios anymore. Uh, but it was cool. You, you just went out and said it. I want Barrios and Luis Castillo everywhere I can get them. The injury risk is high for both of them, I suppose. But so what? Is it really higher than almost any other pitcher's injury risk? Um, right. I thought it was interesting. Like, I, I'm a huge, I love Jose Barrios. I'm kind of like a 7.5 out of 10 on Luis Castillo. I, I think Barrios has proven he can strike guys out. Castillo, it's kind of a new thing that he seemed to have found. Um, are, are you kind of comping them exactly the same, or are you just saying, I want both of them maybe for different reasons? Yeah, they're really similar kind of pitchers, and they uh, they really, you know, they're similar skill set. Um, you know, both young, both have done something, but not, you know, they haven't exactly bloomed, but I'm, I'm almost sure that one of them is going to be really good this year. And then the other one, I think, will be acceptable. If you get them both, I think you're going to be real happy at the end of the year. Are you looking at, uh, I don't know, actually, I've sat next to you so many years, Tal, where I don't actually pay much attention to how other people build their teams, and I apologize for that. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but are you looking at one of these guys? I mean, you have him at $18. Um, is this someone you build a staff around, or is this your second? Like, do you go for that ace and then get this? Or do you, or do you say, I got 36 bucks. I'm going to get both of them. And like you kind of say, you map it out in this paragraph, you know, if one of them hits, great. You know, but both of them might. 
Um, are these two guys going to be the cornerstone and kind of equal one ace for you? I would rather have a real true ace first um, and then get him maybe even two. I mean, people seem to be backing off pitching this year, um, which I understand, but I'm still going to – I like to go the other way. Um, I Really, my dream team, I'm going to have these guys three and four. You know, I'll reach a little bit to make that true, but I'd rather have – you know, if I could get like DeGrom, Carlos Martinez, and then those two, I think I'm sitting pretty. How do you round the staff out? Do you do like dollar, uh, dollar kind of bets, or are you kind of looking like now that I've got these four really great pitchers that I like – I have to fortify this. Like, I can't let them down with these last three kind of $1, you know, not Jason Vargas types, but you kind of know what I mean, right? Yeah, I I know what you mean. I mean, ideally what I like to do is get a guy who I think is going to give me some innings who's cheap. You know, a guy on a rebound, you know, a Johnny Cueto or somebody like that. Um, who I think is going to fortify us with innings. Although it means less than it used to because, you know, the pitchers who are babied, everybody's babied now. So they lose less relatively. So I think that it's easier to do. I think everybody's talking, and rightly so, about getting a couple of high-inning middle relievers to fill in when you need to do that. And I think that that's a, that's a good way to do it. My only rule in mixed league auctions, non though, is don't overpay for mediocrity. You know, don't pay $12 for... Uh, you know, for the average hitter, when you're going to you're going to be able to get him for three or four later on, the same guy. Is that is that a, a like a self control thing, or just putting the guy up? Like, say you like someone who might be a three dollar hitter, and he just rages into twelve dollars because it's the wrong time. Have you figured? Because I remember that Tower Wars mixed league, fifteen teams mixed league. Um, you could get a guy who you thought was going to be thirteen dollars for four, but then it flips where you think you're going to get this guy for four, and it turns out everyone's hot on him, and he goes for sixteen. Is that more of a timing thing, or is it just? Another guy at the table might like the same guy you do. Yeah, I mean, you never really know who's gonna who's gonna kick in in an auction like that. I mean, what I do is I just have a basic line on my on my draft sheet. You know, this is the mediocre line, and I'm not paying more than a few bucks for anybody over this line, anybody under that line, rather. Um, and, and I think it works out pretty well. I mean, because you, you're in a mixed league, you're guaranteed to get a regular player or a good lefty platoon hitter or a pitcher that's got a guaranteed rotation slot for a buck. It has to be. That player pool is just too big. So, you know, sit back and wait. Pay for what you want. Don't overpay for mediocrity and then get the bargain guys that you like. And there's always a lot of them, right? Exactly. Uh, By the way, if you're just tuning in, Gene McCaffrey's here with us, at WiseGuyGene on Twitter. We're talking about the Wise Guy Baseball 2018 book. Uh, which is available online, I'm assuming, Gene, right? Is that the only place to yeah. buy it, right? Yeah, yeah wiseguybaseball.com. That's right. Um, are you not coming to New York this year for Tower Wars? Corey was saying that you're on his, you're in his online league. Yeah, I had to because I can't make it to New York. My work life has changed. Now I'm running the company. Now I'm signing the checks. Now I can't get away. Maybe next year. Oh. I'm really sad. I'm really sad, Nando. <laughs> I love Tower Wars in New York. What happened to punk rock Gene McCaffrey? Like, you're managing an all-girl band now. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, have you heard them? They're I, fantastic. Oh, yeah, so you post them on your Facebook page. I listen once in a while when I see them. They're good. They're really good. Right. Oh, yeah, and I got Bill Stevenson, the drummer in The Descendants, plays drums with me. So, you know, I'm like, hey, hey, Bill, he's my drummer, you know. <laughs> what, what, what's their name? Uh, so give him a little shout-out. Uh, the Girls Next Door is the name, and if you want to go to girlsnextdoor.bandcamp.com, you will hear them. They're really good, and they're like teenagers. The girl, lead singer, is 15 years old. She's got a cool voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's real pretty, too, I, but I don't want to exploit her, you know. I don't want to turn her into Miley Cyrus. It's kind of... 
difficult. You know, it's okay to exploit cute, but you know, you, you got to draw the line somewhere. It's wise. Am I too old-fashioned on that, or what? No, I think it's a very respectful thing to do. Keep it about the music. Right. Yeah, about yeah. the music. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> Back to baseball now. <laughs> uh, you know, an interesting guy who you had for five dollars. You, you give these. These are mono league prices. You point out uh, these are AL or NL only. I, I think you say something in there where you don't even mess with the mixed leagues because it's just not worth right. it. Right. It's not rational. So. The, um, Jose Iglesias. We, we've been talking a lot about the Tigers this week here. Um, well, I have at least. And uh, you got him for five dollars. And I've been getting him so late in like these draft champions leagues and like the forty second, forty third round. He's still there. And you basically map out what I've been saying is he works in an at bat strategy. Uh, he's a two seventy lifetime hitter capable of better in a given year. Is that like is yeah. there a reason people haven't embraced Jose Iglesias yet? Well, I mean, he's not a really good fantasy player, but you know, it, when you're drafting into a deep player pool like in an AL league, he really fits the bill as a guy. You know, he costs almost nothing. He's not even going to cost five dollars, as far as I can tell. And um, he's got room to grow. I mean, he's a, you know, two seventy hitter. He can hit hit a little better than that. He'll, he's not going to steal a lot of bases, but he'll steal a few, and he'll pop a few. He'll probably move up in the lineup this year since the lineup is so bad. Um, if he winds up batting second, then all of a sudden for five bucks you got a thirteen dollar player. It's and he, I mean he's got two three hundred seasons under his belt too. Yeah, I yeah. mean he's not a nothing. I mean you know he's not a nothing player, and people seem to treat him as if he's a nothing player. He's not very glamorous. He's not a sexy pick at all. But you know at bats, the team that has the most at bats wins the offense almost every time. So think about that when you're in a mono league. Do you do the same, uh, like Carlos Santana, we were talking Phillies today, Carlos Santana hasn't played fewer than 150 games since like 2011. Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, is it like it's, he's not the most exciting guy, he's got a better park, but does he fit your plan? If you're talking about the most bats, do you look at some like durability thing, like Carlos Santana, I'm going to add a couple mm-hmm. bucks on him because he's going to play 150? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, now nowadays in a mixed league, I'll take more of a shot with the injury-prone guys. But in the mono leagues, they're just really off my radar, and I want all guys like Santana and Iglesias. And the bonuses they tend to come cheap. I'm talking with Gene McCaffrey from Wise Guy Baseball. Gene, I think I got a couple more minutes. I know you got to work. Thank you again for That's doing right. this. I got uh, it. But- interesting nine dollar guy in JC Ramirez. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, you like whatever, but then you actually point out, you know, his fastball velocity ranked tied for sixth among those with 140 plus innings pitched, 95.5. Uh, you know, the sinkers are hanging a little bit, negates his value as a ground baller. Um, you say he needs great control. He has good control sometimes. He needs great control. And then you say it could happen. Um, yes. Is that just historical data? Do you have a feeling? Do you watch him? Do you have a hunch? Like, J.C. Ramirez for $9 seems, even with a six-man rotation, like I would have stopped at like four. Right. Well, the, the comment was written before the Otani signing, so my price has definitely come down okay. since, he really have, since he doesn't really have a spot. Um, that's another thing that I do on WiseGuyBaseball.com is I do updates and tweaks because they're you know they're constant. You know, the world of information changes a lot of things. He's one of them. Um, now I you know I probably stop at five dollars on him. But anybody who throws that hard and who has good control has a chance to grow, a good chance to grow. And he's another one that's completely off the radar, probably available for a buck in most AL leagues. So if you can do that, I think that he's definitely worth the speculation. Far from a sure thing. Like all the ground ball pitchers, he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. But, you know, he's got a chance to grow and and be a, a, a nice help in the decimal. But you do believe that he could get that control? Like, is it a pitching coach thing? Is it just is it? It just could happen. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, when I say it could happen, I'm you know, it's it's a fifty fifty thing as far as I'm concerned. You know, through repetitions, age, maturity, um, good pitching coach, you know, all those factors that you know, a lot of times it doesn't happen, but a lot of times it does. And when you're starting with that kind of velocity, it, it, that's a good place to start. All right, um, Gene. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. This is I'm sorry, My so pleasure. brief. I gotta get you on one of these days when you don't have a full work schedule. Yeah, let's do it. I'm All really right. looking forward to it. No, awesome. Thanks, Thanks a, lot. a lot. That's uh, Gene uh, McCaffrey from Wise Guy Baseball. Follow him at Wise Guy Gene and do yourself a favor. Get a copy of the book. It's smart and it's just it's like a very pleasant read. Um, strongest Nando recommendation here on Guest Orgy Day. Uh, coming up after the break, Joe Sheehan from the Joe Sheehan Newsletter and Sports Illustrated. He's the man. And then after that, Craig in Chicago, Craig Alexander, who sent me five bold predictions that we're going to talk about that are smart and fun and involve some Diamondbacks. Joe Sheehan, come on up on the other side. Stay tuned. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. It's Fantasy Baseball Hour with El Melchior. Role of El Melchior today being played by Nana Defino. Hope you're having fun. Did you know you can create the ultimate dynasty keeper redraft fantasy league you can, using Fantrax's free commissioner product? Find out how it feels to have the deepest player pool, multi team trades, plus salary and contract options at your fingertips, all of which are fully customizable. And with Fantrax Treasury, you can set league entry fees and safely distribute payouts without a third party so you don't have to track down owners for payment. The best part is there's no break in the action. Once the regular season ends, Fantrax leagues are immediately open for the next season. Find out why Fantrax is the home of fantasy sports and check out Fantrax.com today. Enter promo code AL, that's A-L, at sign up for a chance to win 10 private consultations with Al Melchior, valued $109, which I think is a deal. Speaking of someone who's worked with Al Melchior for many, many years. I think Joe Sheen's here. No, he's not. Joe Sheen's not here. Guess what? Corey Parsons here. What's the deal, Nando? <laughs> How's it going, man? How's everything going, buddy? Everything's good, man. You know, just... you know I'm always here for you when you need me. The fantasy executive, Corey Parsons. I just got a text from Joe Sheehan saying, call him back. He's in White Plains. Oh, Joe Sheehan says, call him back. He's in White Plains. And he forgot. But in the meantime, Corey, yeah, welcome to the Corey Nando Joe Sheehan Hour. Fantasy Funhouse. Just like the old days. Just like the old days. <clears throat> I really want Mike Florio to get a BFS pendant for his chain. Uh, you know, we talked about that on the BFFs today. Yes, we did. And uh, I'd almost be willing to see how much those cost to make <laughs> if he would wear it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? How much do you think a pendant costs? Well, it depends on if how iced out we're going to get it. If we're going to get it iced out, then it's probably going to run us a couple grand. But if we can go to the, you know, if we can see. Oh, your boy Chuck. We can Chuck no, can Chuck make can make it for us. That's right. 
Yeah, I think we got something here. I think so, too. For those of you who don't know, Mike Florio, one of the hosts on our network, uh, very, very bright baseball mind. Um, he hosts the BFFs, one of the hosts, and there's a big, awesome logo they have, and we want to make him a big pendant for his sparkly silver chain. We'll see what we can do. I think, she, is she in here now? Friendship. Joe Sheehan. <laughs> Joe, what's up? What's up, Nando? What's going on? I just, I miss you. Aw, you're sweet. <laughs> Feel free to say it back. Um, thanks for joining us, no. man. <laughs> I know you're in the middle of something because you forgot you were coming on, so um, it means I a lot. I I'm doing, yeah, you, you, you'll understand someday, but you start the birthday shopping for the seven-year-old about a month in advance. By the way, happy birthday, Joe Sheehan. I turned 29 the other day. It was great. And you gave everyone a nice discount on their newsletter renewals if they wanted to do it. Yeah, I was going to do it for my birthday. I was going to make a two twenty six of the one for a year, and then it occurred to me that that wasn't such a great price. Why don't you do uh, it for the lifetime? The lifetime Joe Sheehan newsletter membership. A- actuarially speaking, that's not a good deal for people either. You've seen the way I eat, brother. I, I don't think anybody wants to be betting on my longevity. <laughs> anyway, Joe Sheehan, one of the greatest minds in baseball, and that's indisputable. Uh, Joe Sheehan newsletter. Uh, what, what's it, is it just like still joesheehan.blogspot.com to go sign up for it? best place to go facebook.com she and newsletter um and also you know you go to twitter i have all the links there there's links to the stuff i do on uh at si and uh, baseball america but facebook.com she and newsletter is the place to get all the information about the newsletter and that's joe underscore she because some other joe she stole your actual thing there's a really nice guy on uh he lives in st louis and he beat me to twitter the catch is though i beat him to joe Sheehan.com, so every now and then he actually tries to buy it from me and um, yeah, I, I should just do a trade because I don't really use joshian.com. I should just trade them the two, but whatever, this works. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> so, little known fact. Hey, look, look, I don't make, I don't make, I don't make fantasy trades well. I don't make real life trades well. It just doesn't go well for me. Now, Joe, you're being coy again. Little known fact: Last year, Joshian and Corey Parson did uh, a podcast together, which is probably one of the top five podcasts of all time. It's like one of those pilots that never got picked up. Um, that you hear about in Legend, like those Conan O'Brien early pilots, that was the Joe Sheehan Corey Parson podcast. Should bring it back to life at some point. I think it's more like, I think it's more like one of those NBC shows that got canceled after one episode. Probably something that had Paula Marshall and uh, I don't know Mark Forstein in it. You know, was, it, it, it was aired. One person watched it and they canceled it before a second airing. But it wasn't canceled. Uh, Joe's just like oh, no. thanks. Live too far away. Okay, there's not a lot of space left under this bus. Okay, so let's go. Gotta keep the under <laughs> gotta... Joe, I say it because I love you. Uh, let's let's uh, let's plug the newsletter a little bit by talking about what you put in the newsletter. Which I don't know if that devalues it. I hope you don't mind, but I picked some stuff out that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, yeah. You had a couple recently. A couple Mets newsletters pop out. Uh, I was reading the the latest one, and you linked to a New York Daily News article that actually suggested that uh, Ahmed Rosario, Ahmed Rosario, if he doesn't kind of like uh, be awesome. Jose Reyes could take his job. And I've kind of been like a, you know, I guess engineer of the Jose Reyes train. Um, so it's kind of interesting. I didn't see the New York Daily News article until you linked to it in your newsletter. How, how real of a possibility do you think this is? I don't know that it's that real for opening day. Um, yeah, this is John Harper's piece. And kind of just went into the piece. It wasn't saying that Rosario's job is in jeopardy, but more talking about the challenges that he faces. At the end of last year, he got called up, didn't hit it all. A 49-3 to strikeout-to-walk ratio, you just can't play. 
there's just no – I don't care how good a defensive shortstop you are. You can't play with a 49-3 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. So Rosario does have some work to do. In that piece, I uh, talked a little bit about the work that he put in at the end of last year, just recognizing pitches, trying to get better at that aspect of plate discipline. So that's going to be the real challenge for him. I do think that – I wonder if some of this for me is carrying over the old administration. You know, it's not Terry Collins anymore. It's, it's Mickey Calloway. And Mickey Calloway's had success, you know, when he was with that Cleveland team, he saw what they did plugging in young players. So I think I probably should have a little more confidence in Rosario to start the year. But there's no question that when you have a backup with I'm not a big Jose Reyes guy, especially at shortstop. He just can't play the position anymore. But he's a veteran. He's popular with the team. He'll have good surface numbers. Like, he'll hit 280 and he'll steal some bases. So, you know, it's one of those things where at the end of March, excuse me, at the end of April, if Rosario's hitting a buck 90 and Braves is in 290, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure to make that change. You know, before before that newsletter, I think the one right before that newsletter, um, you did a whole Mets preview and kind of rundown. Um, and I was like, I was salivating, like, all right, we're gonna get to. The, you mentioned Mickey Calloway right there, and but it's kind of like you just you, you kind of briefly went over the pitchers and mentioned them. But I think it's one of the more dynamic staffs that can go either way. And I'm kind of wondering if you look at it like, you know, you got Mats, you got Harvey, you got all these guys who've had these little kind of scattered injuries. None of them really the same. And it seems like they're all at the same exact point where this staff can be either amazing or it can be a huge bust. And I don't think people are looking at the pitchers individually. I think it's kind of like either the entire Mets staff is going to be great or it's not. Are, are you taking that point of view? Or are you kind of saying like, well, Harvey could be great. Mets could not come back right. How are you viewing this Mets rotation, especially with Mickey Calloway in there now? I think it's max variance. Uh, you look at, I think that's why I've written three times about the Mets in the last, I think, five weeks. Because, you know, there are teams that we know that are good. What am I going to say about the Indians and Astros? There are teams that we know they are going to be bad. How much is there to say about the Tigers or the Padres? But there are a whole lot of teams that could go either way right now. And the Mets, as you say, there's probably a wi- as wide a range for the Mets as there is for any team in baseball. You could see if they get 110 starts, which they've never gotten. Most they've ever gotten out of those five homegrown guys are, I believe it's 93 starts and 600 innings. But if those guys were to stay healthy and give them 110 to 120 starts, not even exceeding expectations, just meeting expectations. All of a sudden, the Mets are a 90-91 win team, pushing the Nationals, probably winning the first to a wild card slot. But if they get 50 to 55 starts, if Harvey Warsell, Harvey is on the mound and not pitching well, if Steven Matz is on the mound and not pitching well, uh, you could actually see this team falling below 500 and being a seller at the trade of the line. So that, that's an enormous uh, error bar for a year, for a time in baseball. We just don't see teams having error bars that wide. And I think you're right. I, that offense is going to be what it is. It's going to be a low OBP, high power hit 200 home runs and don't do a whole lot else offense. So the pitching is going to determine how good it can be. And they need those starters to miss bats too, because it's a bad defensive team. So starting rotation for the Mets could go, it could literally be one of the best in the league, push the Mets into the playoffs, or it could be below average and push them completely out of the race by the end of July. Joe, you're a, you're part of like, I have a score sheet obsession. I know we've talked about this a lot and you've mocked me for some of my picks that I've let you in on in the months of March and February during, during the drafts. Um, if you're looking at a team like the Mets, you're still gonna you're still gonna hang Avisal Garcia over the edge. I would no, I wouldn't. That's not the kind of person I am, Joe. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I want some I want some score sheet keepers because I think a lot more. And I know your your newsletter is sponsored by Score Sheet. Um, you and I love Score Sheet. Al Melchior, whose show this normally is that we're taking off the rails, loves Score Sheet, and I feel like more people should know about it. It's been around for like thirty something years, maybe even more. Um, Give me a couple of score sheet sleepers. Because right now, the guy at the top of my queue is Tim Anderson, and that's not going to help me. I need a, I need a shortstop. Um, but going a little deeper, I've got some guys I really love in score sheet. Uh, and Mike Stelfino keeps peppering me like, you got to get more OBP, you got to get more OBP. And I'm like, I, it's boring. 
Uh, do you have a couple guys? Have you completed drafts yet? Do you have any a couple sleepers you can share with us specifically for score sheet? You know, I did the I did the, the score sheet mock draft, which is a start from scratch, sixteen uh, twenty five teams, sixteen team uh, uh, mock that we don't actually complete or play out, but it's an exercise we go through every year. Now, that's a keeper setup, so you're going to see a lot more youth in that league. But one of the guys I grabbed uh, late and to continue this Mets game is Brandon Nimmo. I don't know how he gets on the field right now, especially after Conforto gets back, but you're talking about somebody who has OBP skills. Now, you have to take a lot of the air out of the numbers at Las Vegas, but if you just look at the strikeout, strikeouts and walks, 140 strikeouts, 90 walks, he's going to get on base in the major leagues. He's somebody who I think could really be a contributor, somebody who if he plays gets on base enough to score you 80, 90 runs. Now that's, that's, a, that's a fantasy thing. That's not a, a score sheet thing. We talk about OBP. He's not going to hurt you defensively. Somebody who can actually play all three positions in score sheet if he has to. I'm a big Nimmo fan if he can just get on the field. It's, it's kind of like that you don't lose a skill thing, right? Like, let me get him and then worry about when he plays later. Well, that's uh, with the Rod Chandler thing, right? You know, you draft, well, you draft skills, not role. Chandler's draft skills, not stats. But he also, I think, once you have a skill, you display it. I'm getting to a Chandler thing, and I can't figure out what is, uh, what is the way he puts it. Basically, <laughs> don't worry. The idea is that take the player and don't worry so much about guys being blocked. Right. People get injured. People fall apart. I mean, Yoannis Hespedes didn't, you know, what did he play, 81 games last year? Juan Lagares, I think, has played 81 games total the last three years. Uh, there's going to be opportunities there. And I, again, this is the difference between Collins and Callaway. If it was Collins, I would not be as excited about Nimmo. But I think Callaway comes in, no preconceived notions, doesn't have to win, doesn't have to win this year. Kind of really worked. He thought of as a pitching guy. And I think you're going to see guys like Rosario and Nimmo. And I think eventually Dom Smith get opportunities they might not have gotten under Collins. You know, Joe, I want to keep it in the. Uh, you, you brought us, well, I guess I brought up Mickey Callaway, although you said his name first. Um, we were doing the, the fantasy BFFs earlier and talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. We did a preview. We made it only through the bats. Um, and look at Gabe Kapler and look at the makeup of that team. And you have Gabe Kapler coming in and he's an analytics guy. And, you know, he's, he's got his own ideas of what he wants his team to look like. How, how do you deal with something like that, especially if you're playing fantasy sports? Um, like Kapler, he's probably going to value OBP and they got a couple good OBP guys who you assume Cesar Hernandez and Herrera will, will sit up top. Carlos Santana's there. But how does, the, how does the shape of that team change in, say, like June when he really gets a look at it and gets to, you know, make his own moves and change some things up? Who's going to gain and lose value, I guess? I think it's very hard to say. I think we expect Kapler, because of his experience with the Rays and the Dodgers organizations, to kind of bring some of that uh, stat head mentality to the dugout. He's going to work with the analytics guys in that front office. And remember now, even though it's the Phillies, and we just make fun of the Phillies, all 30 teams have this now, this element of guys in the front office, job it is to work with the dugout. I believe I saw the other day the actual, the, the Phillies actually had one of their analytics guys in uniform in the dugout, one of the spring training games. So we know that this is something they're looking to do. Um, but with all of these new guys, you look at Corey and Austin, Callaway, Kapler, Dave Martinez in D.C., they're all generally neutral for me until we actually see what they do. I mean, we've been wrong before. I remember thinking, oh, I'm trying to think of the best example here. Even, even Joe Madden. Let's look, look at Joe Madden. You think of Joe Madden as a stat head guy, but if you look at the way he's run the Cubs, it's really been fairly conventional other than the moving guys around. So until we see these guys manage a year, two years, three years, it's hard to say what they're going to be. We could get disappointed by some of these guys. Um, you know, we might find out that once in the dugout, you know, Dave Martinez is more a traditional guy. Or we might find out that Mickey Calloway can't run a bullpen. And I'm not saying there's many things that are going to happen. But new managers are basically blank slates until we actually see them. I think that's actually one of the more fascinating sidelines of this season. Nanda, you think about all of the good teams that changed managers last year. Baker to Martinez, Farrell to Cora, Girardi to Boone. 
there are a lot of playoff teams from last year putting blank slates in the dugout. I think it's one of the real fascinating aspects of the season. I think it's been kind of under underreported, maybe underrated too, especially in fantasy, because we don't, like you said, like in, in football, coming off of football, you have an offensive coordinator who, you know, for three years in a row had the top seven rush attempts. You're like, okay, this offense is going to run. With this, you're like, I don't know, like, I don't know, is, is Gabe Kapler going to bench this guy? Is Aaron Boone going to tell these guys to take more walks and screw all the power out of them? It's very interesting. And, and yeah, you talk about your know, one-run strategies. You know, uh, I mean, we expect these new guys to not be bunters and guys like that, but are they going to run? You know, uh, is it one of the real differences in managers now is how often do I let my players run? Stolen bases are elected as much as they're anything else. So you know, I think that's one of the, the, from a fantasy standpoint, that's what we want to look at. I think the other thing we really want to look at is how they use their bullpen. Um, over the last two years, you go back to the, the 2016 season with Andrew Miller coming out of the bullpen for the Indians. You know, this slow slinking movement away from the closer-centric bullpen. And I'm not saying that you know saves aren't going to matter anymore, or teams aren't going to want to use a closer, but is the distribution going to be a little bit different for these new guys? Instead of a core is going to run 45 saves at the Craig Kimbrell, but if you're the Phillies, if you're if you're uh, if you're Kaplan. Or is it going to be one guy in the ninth, or are you going to end up having four guys get 10 saves each? That'd be terrible for what we do here. It'd absolutely be terrible. This is, why, this is why I've started really moving towards formats like score sheet. Um, you know, I was a strat player for 40 years. Uh, where uh, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe, was past away. tense? Just like what three years mean? ago, you were going to stand in line for the, stack, uh, for the strat cards. You said you were a strat player. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't play that much anymore. I get the cards every year. I just don't have the time. I, I've played in the league in probably 10, 12 years now. I still like to play the tournaments. I still like to get the cards. Poor Marina's going to have 30,000 strat cards. She's got to deal with someday. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I just, in terms of the games I like to play, I really have moved away from category. I think you know I'm not going to be in that uh, the Steve Cozzolino League this year, uh, Gotham Daily District. And part of that is just uh, the category format is just, it's exhausted. I, I just don't enjoy it as much. Well, we have, well, we got a minute left. I was going to say, I got... Vaccaro and I have room for a third drinker if you'd like to join us at the draft. There's an excellent chance I'm going to show up at Heckle. All right. Or give us $33.34 and you can be the third owner of the team. <laughs> no, I'll just show up and I, I basically I'll, I'll, I'll heckle Colette with the auctioneer. I'll, I'll tell Jen she's making all these bad picks. It'll be a good night. I got you, Joe. Oh, look, if that's what it takes to see you again at a bar, I'm in. <sighs> I'll buy you picklebacks. Ew, those things are disgusting. All right. Uh, we're losing you, Joe. Uh, scotch, we got to go. <laughs> good scotch meat. Good scotch meat. Drink like a grown-up. Come on. I strongly suggest everyone check out the Joe Sheehan newsletter. It's smart, and you don't have to do anything. It just shows up in your inbox. Joe underscore Sheehan, founder of Baseball Prospectus. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, brother. Take care. Hope to see you soon. That was sincere. We're going to take a quick break. Craig Alexander. Craig in Chicago. He's going to be joining us on the flip side. we got five bold predictions. We'll see you in a minute. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses. No strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. To the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. I'm not a Defino, obviously. Not Al. Uh, did you know every three minutes an American is diagnosed with blood cancer? 
Unfortunately, 30% of patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor within their family. But that's how you can help. Go to DKMS.org slash fantasy. That's F-N-T-S-Y today. And sign up online to register as a donor. DKMS will send you a swab kit, which takes legitimately one minute to do. You swab each of your cheeks and send it back to them, and that's it. You are done. DKMS will then try and match you up with a person in need of a donation. The process is easy. Best of all, you can actually save someone's life. Not metaphorically, but quite literally. Check out DKMS.org slash fantasy. That's F-N-T-S-Y to see how you can help. Welcome back, friends. We are entering the final segments of... Probably the last time I'll ask me to guest host a show for him when, when, when Corey has an open mic available to him as well. Uh, we're bringing in a, a fun guest right now. You've probably never heard of him. His name's Craig Alexander. He's at CW Sox Fan on Twitter. Uh, just a little background. When I was at CBS with Alan and Scott White and Adam Azer and all those guys, uh, Craig used to call in and he'd ask these really smart questions. Um, he actually came down to Fort Lauderdale once. I think he was on work. We met. Nice guy. Cool guy. Uh, and over the years, he would just kind of you know, ask questions on Twitter, not really questions of me, just kind of like my opinion on things. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Let's bring him on the show. So he sent me five uh, cool predictions. I know him as a guy who loves Trevor Bauer no matter what. You know him as Craig Alexander, maybe Craig in Chicago. Craig, what's happening, man? Hey, Nando. How you doing? It's been a while, dude. How are you? It has been a while, and I'd like to add that uh, both you and Adam took me out to lunch as well. You That's, picked up the tab. Well, you know, I don't like to say that stuff out loud, you know, so there was the <laughs> <laughs> We had a good time. We went to Flanagan's, and I love that place more than anything in the world. And really, Azer, I don't, I don't believe Azer pitched in, so just for the record. <laughs> Azer drove. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. He did drive. He did drive. That is, that's 100% true. So you sent me these five predictions, but uh, none of them had anything to do with Trevor Bauer. I, I feel like I would be not doing a service to everybody if I didn't just give you like a minute to kind of just monologue on why you love Trevor Bauer so much. Well, I think that, you know, he's being pretty much appropriately priced where he's going right now. Um, you're going to pay uh, low-end starter three, high-end starter four price. So I, I don't know that he can – he could return number one SP value. I was looking at some stuff in preparation for this, and uh, just so you know, uh, a couple stats. Uh, one, he won the Golden Spikes Award at UCLA. And two, while at UCLA, while there are only seven inning games, he did nine complete games in a row. So this is a guy that can potentially, you know, be like the Severino type that can give you 200 innings and can get to those 30-plus decisions and get you 20 wins. So I think that is there. Um, that being said, he, like a lot of young pitchers, overdoes it, doesn't challenge the pitcher, uh, hitters, rather, excuse me. And, uh, you know, he's in love with his arsenal, and he keeps adding stuff as well. But if he'll just attack the hitters, uh, trying to get soft contact as opposed to, you know, uh, the first guy I do this way back in the day was Rich Harden. You know, he just wouldn't go after the guys in the zone, and he drives up your pitch count, and then you don't get to the sixth or seventh inning. And then you don't get those decisions. But Cleveland should just dominate, and Bauer should be a recipient of that. No other show is going to bring you Rich Harden. I guarantee that. No. No. Sorry. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Craig Alexander, Craig in Chicago, let's go with your, to your five bold proclamations that you so kindly sent to me so I didn't have to come up with questions. Yeah, sure. Number one. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, Matt uh, Dave, number one. Oh, go ahead. You, you go ahead and read yeah. them. 
Okay, sorry about that. Okay, Matt Davidson will lead the White Sox in home runs. And uh, that's just because the guy's already doing it. I'm not sure if Braves is going to be here the whole year. Um, I hope he is. He seems to be bonding with the younger guys, kind of being like the godfather to them, especially the Cuban guys. Um, so, you know, it's, I just think Davidson's going to hit over 30. I don't see why he wouldn't. There's no one blocking him. We didn't sign Logan Morrison. We didn't trade for Dickerson. We're going to let Delmonico try and do it there. It looks like Davidson's going to get time in outfield as well. So have outfield and third base eligibility. Um, I think he's a real sleeper here. Craig, what's that come with though? Like a 215 to 220 average? Is that, is that the downside with Davidson? It, it absolutely is, and I mean, there, that's, that's been the thing, even if you look at his numbers in the minors, but, you know, maybe he can give you 240, 245, and get the on-base up to 310. The slugging's going to be 460, 470. You know, I, I, it's, <laughs> I, I see a ton of depth at second base. I don't see that depth at third base. So, um, you know, I'm not saying to go into the season as he, with him as your number one third baseman, but there's a lot of drafts, even the pro drafts, and I watch what you guys do. I'll log in. He's not even getting drafted. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, again, I just think on this team, the last uh, – I'm sorry, I forget the last gentleman who was on with you. He Joe made Sheen. the point that bad – Yeah, excuse me. He was great, as always. I, I knew the voice, but I'm bad with names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the bad teams are going to let the guys play. You know, we're not signing guys. This is it. We're, so I, I don't see why Davidson doesn't get a minimum of 450 plate appearances, and it could be 550, 600 if things were to go amazingly well and there were injuries and whatever. But, I mean, this guy has a pedigree. So um, he's free. So yeah. that's my first full prediction. Yeah, you're actually, your number two is my favorite out of all of them. Uh, seriously, it was because I like I think Otani's such. A, well, I don't want to. Spoiler alert: it involves Otani, but I think he's such an unknown. Yeah. There have been these conflicting stories from you know people who played against him who are like he's not all that great, and then another story a month later is like he's amazing. So uh, go ahead, number two from Craig Alexander at CW Sox fan on Twitter. Yeah, it is Gohara will be better than Otani this season, and some of it I really am not gonna. It's, I don't know, cast aspersions on Otani. That's not what I'm here to do. But he's pitching from a six-man rotation. And he's already got something funky going on uh, in the elbow. It's, it seems to be similar to Tanaka. I'm not predicting injury. I hope he doesn't get injured, obviously. But then he's going to be playing in the field. All these things lend to a higher probability of spending time on the DL. And I just think at the end of the day, you can predict the same amount of innings. And one guy is in the week NL East. And, you know, they both throw. Uh, I think they can both top out around 100. Neither of them are going to sit there. But one guy's a lefty. Um, I mean, I, you know, I just think, uh, you know, it, to me that's a big thing that doesn't get emphasized enough uh, across the spectrum in fantasy. Some guys do it, obviously. I'm not. But the, if I can get an NL pitcher that has the same profile as an AL pitcher, especially in the, in the NL East, I mean, there's some really bad teams there. Um, are you are you I super want, hot on Gohara too? Is that or you, are you just kind of like trying to pick a guy who's kind of you know? Is Gohara your new type of Bauer? Ah, uh, I, I no, I'm not ready for that because they're you know go, again Bauer had that pedigree. He did nine complete games in a row. I know there's seven in games, but 
you know, so Gohara, whenever I, I talk to someone that, that tries to pour the water, they say, well, how many innings is he going to go? And I can't go more than like 150, you know, 160 tops. But they're going to be an awesome so 150. I, I, that could be 200 strikeouts yeah. in those 150 innings. Well, well, maybe that's that, stretching a little that, bit. I take yeah, that back. Yeah, he's <laughs> not Robbie Ray. Yeah, he's not Robbie Ray. But, uh, <laughs> maybe you know, 170. 100. Right, right. He could do that. So, I don't know. I mean, the guy, the Bauer guys that I see uh, in my mind, um, the problem is they don't have the durability. Um, you know, the two guys that spring to mind are McCullers, who is just so amazingly talented. Like, he has three amazing pitches. So, I don't know what you do against him. But, again, the durability. I can't see him going more than, like, 160, 170 inch tops. And the other guy is Blake Snell. He's a lefty, obviously, but just amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, he can make the jump. I don't know what his innings limit would be. We'll, we'll call Colette after this and see uh, what Jason has to say about that. But uh, I don't know. Where are you on uh, Snell versus De La Rosa? I don't, we got a, well, we got about, like, six minutes left. I want to make sure we pace our last yeah. three here, but... Uh, just going off for a second. Snell, is, is De La Rosa, like, I, I believe in Snell. I look at De La Rosa, though, and I'm yeah. like, this guy is electric. I don't really have an opinion there, so I I'm don't want to say Rosa. De Leon, De Leon, sorry, my bad. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay, De Leon. <laughs> yeah, De Leon. Yeah, I was a little long. Uh, De Leon, you know, he is, but, you know, why are we, you know, touting him? And he's also, I'm going to look it up to get it the right age, but he's not a young man. I think, I want to say he's going to be turning 25 here. Um, they were obviously more hyped over Honeywell, and it didn't seem like he was going to be the go-to guy out of camp. Um, you know, as I'm looking on rosterresource.com, which I use a lot, uh, they don't have him penciled in. They only have four guys yeah. right now in the rotation, which I don't think that's going to come to fruition. But uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm looking. But no, I don't worry about it. Hey, we've all been there with Roster yeah, Resource. No. We love it. It just takes a little <laughs> while to, to load the full page. Yeah. Okay, so De Leon's going to be 26. So some of these guys aren't as young as we think. Like Chris Archer is going to be 30. You know, some of these guys are, you know, they're not old. I mean, I'd love to be that age, but, you know, for professional sports, obviously. Right, long in the tooth. Uh, yes. Number three bold proclamation involves a play on okay. Bauer. <laughs> yeah, okay, so number three is Evan Gaddis leads all catcher eligible hitters in home runs. And this is a called Scott White special because I know he's he's reluctant there. He's he's a fan of other guys, um, but uh, Gaddis doesn't have a problem with the split seven 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 uh, OPS versus right-handed pitchers, seven ninety nine OPS versus left-handed pitchers. Career, um, the guy got six hundred and four plate appearances with Houston in two thousand fifteen, and it's also something just you don't need uh, sabermetrics for this. He's six four two seven. So, you know what I mean? So, yep. Gary Sanchez is obviously the best, but kind of like the Otani thing, Sanchez is going to be limited by just, you know, they're not going to play him that much. And also, you can get dinged up catching. So, you know, I just don't see it. And with what's going on with Guriel with the injury and suspension, and um, you know, I just don't see Gaddis being blocked. So, Are you thinking, uh, that's my... by the way, the, the, the Guriel replacement? I mean, I, it could I'm be like, it could be two weeks, it could be a month and a half, but who do you think is going to benefit from the Guriel uh, injury in Houston? Who, who are you putting your chips on? Uh, well, again, I, the, the immediate recipient, because it's you know it's confirmation bias, is I'm saying, hey, this is good for Gaddis. 
because on, on Ross Resource, they're moving Marwin over there. It's just going to move, it's going to eliminate some of the depth. And they have, uh, you know, they have a bunch of kids. They got Tyler White from the right side. He started off as either last year or two years ago real hot and then just kind of, you know, whatever. He looked like a hitter when he came up. And then I know they got a couple lefties. Uh, who's the who's the lefty uh, first baseman? Did you read? They brought up. Yeah, yeah. So that's there. Uh, Fisher. They've been talking about. I mean, Fisher's turning twenty-five. I mean, you know, it's his turn to play. So, but you know, I'm going to spin it that it helps Gaddis. All right. So. <laughs> Deal. Um, how about your, your Justin Bohr? I, Justin Board is I, he's just great, and it's the only thing you're going to say about him is well the lineup protection. All right, but I mean there's a lot of teams. There's such a, a dichotomy in the haves and have-nots that there's so many guys that are unprotected. And Bohr is, in my opinion, he's going to be a top seven first baseman. Right now he's 25th in ADP. The guy's a lefty masher. Look at the numbers. He was just fabulous when he came back last year, and he's progressed over the last three years basically across the board. Top seven, who's number eight? Who got bounced? <laughs> I, uh, I I can't tell. I don't want to offend him. <laughs> right. We had uh, we had talked on we, the, the example that I think we both agreed on was Freddie Freeman. When you bring up the protection thing too, it's all these people say Freddie Freeman's I, got no one to drive in, he's yep. got no protection, but he was fine. And Nando, I swear, I only wrote down one other name. Bohr, even though like he's coming off a spike, so is Freeman off. Career years, quote unquote. Bohr's career OPS is 835. Freeman's is 872. So is it better? Yes, but if Bohr just improves by five percent, he's better than Freeman. Right. Not that, that shouldn't so. that shouldn't give you a 23 spread in ADP among first basemen. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm with you on the Bohr thing. Yeah. Um, nice. Finally, you got it. It's a non-fantasy prediction, but I think it does play into fantasy because the <laughs> the more you look at this team the more you want to pick guys up for fantasy. Like, oh, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be good. This yes. guy's going to be good. This, like, you go down the roster, like, oh, maybe there's something here. And they, they've got five deep pitchers. And on roster resource, and I, I keep talking about touting them. I'm not. No, dude, it's fine. Them. We talk about it all the time here, too. It's <laughs> roster resource is something. Yeah. And and this is the guy that will we'll bring Scott White back into this. Uh, the guy that Ooh. he would probably call this, this year's Trevor Bauer. And that would be uh, Zach Godley. And it's Arizona. Um, that's a solid team. It really is. They got Souza. That is a good get. He he can do some things. Uh, Vila is a good get. Um, Jake Lamb has some issues against lefties, but you know he, he shows some flashes, real potential. They've got uh, you know a top player in Goldschmidt. Why can't they win the World Series? And oh, they're thirty-five to one. Who's going to lead so, the team in saves? That, Before we got a we got like a minute and a half left. But is this going to be Archie Bradley, or is he going to be the multi-inning guy? I, I guess they'll go to Bradley out of frustration where they don't want to mess with it, especially if they're contending. I don't know if they'll want to be so cute and stick to roles and blah, blah, blah. So I'll just go Bradley. He, he's got stuff. I got Jimmy Scherfe in a couple <laughs> dynasty leagues. <laughs> just kind of waiting. Okay. I, I, uh, I have no opinion on him. So, uh, you know, I... But, you know, that's so you can get it, guys. But if that's not a problem, right, you right. Know, they've got the core pieces are there. Um, I wish Enciarte was still there. You know, I like him a lot. Great player. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're set. It's in the depth with Dyson and Tomas. I mean, Tomas hit over 30 homers a couple of years ago. He's not starting. Poor so, guy. His yeah. fall from grace. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't, I have no logical reason for this. I haven't heard anything. I think Tomas goes to the Rangers. I don't know why, but they don't need any more players. Guess. All right, Craig, we got, we got to run, man. I got to wrap up Al's show here. But uh, thanks, uh, man. This is, you did a great job, Craig. I, I did have trepidation. I was scared. All right, it was fun. Thank you, Nando. You're a natural, man. Follow Craig at CW Sox fan. We got to go. Al Melchior will be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Toodaloo.